What would you do to survive? Three people rescued off a deserted island in the Bahamas after being stranded for 33 days. The group survived on coconuts, conch, and rats. For me, maybe coconuts and conch. Rats, ooh, honey, no. Even mixed in with a little conch and a little coconuts. Uh, I am finding it very, very difficult to survive on rats. We don't even know how they got to the island, but we do know they're from Cuba. And we do know that they've been transferred to ICE custody. The Coast Guard rescued them. They saw the two men and one woman uh, on the island, apparently uh, dehydrated and uh, not seriously injured, but close to, um, you know, being uh, out of it, you know, like after being on an island with no food or water for 30 days. All you've had to eat is coconut, conch, and rat. Oof. Now, if you're starting a new restaurant here in the uh, the COVID world, you may start up, you know, call a particular dinner the deserted island. Yes, I'd like to order the deserted island. What is that? Why, that's coconut, conch, and rat. Yum, yum. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So I see where Burt Reynolds has finally got a resting place at the, you know, Hollywood Cemetery. I really found it weird. I mean, the guy died, the man died a couple of years ago now. I mean, Burt's been gone for quite a while now. Apparently... They, and, and, and a temporary headstone is there saying Burt Reynolds, but apparently a bronze or stone bust of him is being commissioned, and that's going to be unveiled to the public in September on the third anniversary of his death. So he has, I mean, he has been dead for uh, two and a half years. So was he just lying around in the back of the house? They're just waiting to, we don't know what we're going to do with him. We don't know what is going on. We don't know where he's supposed to go. We don't have a gravesite for him. I don't know where he's going to go. So just let him hang out in the back and we'll figure out what we're going to do with him. So he's at the Paramount Pictures lot, the grave site that's there for, you know, all the huge stars that they put in. It's on the lot there or next to the lot. And so that's where he's going to be. I'm not sure what took so long to get Paramount to say, hey, um, how about we bury the man and get him in the, you know, get him in the, in the grave. Now, (laughs) now i realize all right i realize that he wasn't just laying around in the back of the house in the florida room uh trying to figure out what was going on I, i get that i get it they had him cremated and so he was maybe just hanging out in the florida room but not (laughs) not in just a, a wooden crate hopefully it was in you know, a decent canister, not just a, you know, an empty cigar box. But I was just wondering with the family, do you not think, you know, he belonged? Maybe that's what they were doing. It doesn't stay here. It just says that the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, uh, where he's going to be placed, uh, is now happening. It doesn't say that the family was fighting over getting him buried there or who was going to have him. I'm not sure. They had a special memorial, um, you know, in Florida not long after the man died. And I guess they had a special Zoom get-together for this uh, ceremony. And the Paramount Pictures lot's been there since, I don't know, 1899, 1900. 
So maybe you figure, you know, there's a couple of places still open at the Paramount lot. He made him a bunch of money. He was a big star. You know what? Let's move him in. It's okay. <laughs> uh, what do you say? Is it okay? Yeah, look, he's only been dead for two and a half years. Yeah, that's fine. We'll find a spot for him. Okay, good. Good. No problem. It just struck me weird that Bert hasn't been buried yet. If they were going to bury him. Now, if he was cremated and he was sitting in, you know, the kid's back Florida room and they say, yeah, that's that's dad. Uh, you know, okay, good for them. But he's Burt Reynolds and people want to be able to go and pay their respects to the man at the Paramount, you know, gravesite. <laughs> so now you can't. Now you can. If you've been wandering around looking for where can I pay my respects to Burt Reynolds? Where can I pay my respect? Now you know. It's at the Paramount Lots there in California. And uh, they're going to have a big unveiling of the bust. Bronze or stone. I don't know why we don't know that yet. Uh, is going to be there. And hopefully the unveiling will be in September. We may cover that. If we can get into California, Chewing the Fat may cover that live. <laughs> Or not, but we'll let you know when it happens. I see in uh, Tanzania, Tanzania has been in the news lately. I mean, we just had the big uh, uh, new disease that's killing a bunch of people in Tanzania, and they actually cured COVID, right? Well, now they're reporting that archaeologists have made a staggering discovery, staggering discovery uh, in Swaga Swaga Game Reserve. That's in central Tanzania, for those of you that you know don't know the area the, it's 50 it's in 52 previously undocumented rock shelters uh it's deliberately painted rock art i know i know <laughs> now a lot of it has been destroyed but there's still some that's left and it's uh it's pretty cool actually and it's been uh, around for quite some time now there's one site named Amok He 4. It has elaborately, elaborately painted uh, uh, figurative art with three mysterious anthropomorphic figures with extremely oversized heads. So they don't know what they are. They know that they, they're guessing they're people with big heads. <laughs> oh, okay. No problem. There's pictures, there's drawings of animals and different, uh, you know, different animals looking different than what they do now. <clears throat> but they, you know, could figure out what they are. And one painting is, uh, you know, like a giraffe. It's really like all by itself. It's like, oh, yeah, let's stick the giraffe head over him. Oh, okay. No problem. We got that. So they're going to keep digging. And uh, <laughs> there's three different sites, but they have similar arrangements. And they all have, you know, similar directions of the hands and arms. So, it, you know, they look pretty similar to other humans, although they have the big heads. So I guess we'll figure out what they meant in the future as archaeologists continue to work on documenting the sites. But I would say if you wanted to, you know, if you're thinking, hey, what are we going to do for vacation this year? We really want to go someplace different. A, we know that Tanzania doesn't have COVID-19. It's been kicked. Sure, they've got that new disease where you, you know, you bleed and you throw up and you die. But that's mostly for men. And they say it's just a, you know, it's just locked into a small area. It isn't all over the country. So you might want to think to yourself, you know, maybe we go to the Swaga Swaga Game Reserve in central Tanzania. Huh? Huh? I mean, how much fun does that sound like? I know. Swaga Swaga Game Reserve in central Tanzania. Here we are in the Amakahi 4 caves. Yeah, let's take a look at that. That actually would be kind of cool. This is Fat Pile Friday on Chewing the Fat. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. I've got a ton of stuff or, you know, of course, you have a ton of stuff. It's chewing the fat, but it's a uh, fat pile Friday. We got all kinds of stories. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming along for the ride. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. I've been getting your emails 
for those of you uh, reminding me that you're following the rules of the show, thank you so much. I know you've been following the rules because I see your emails. and I like this one from Mike, who uh, told me that the other day someone did ask what you're listening to. Hey, what you're listening to at work. And I actually said chewing the fat. Now, according to Mike, he said that I was actually listening to chewing the fat, so he didn't have to lie. But rules are rules. Even if he wasn't listening to chewing the fat, he knows that he had to say chewing the fat. As long as we're talking about uh, emails. And that, by the way, is the rules of being a subscriber to Chewing the Fat Podcast. Um, If you're a subscriber, well, you know what? Even if you're not a subscriber, but most importantly, if you're a subscriber, uh, one of the rules, and it's rules are rules, no matter what you're listening to on your, you know, Raycon headphones, is that uh, when someone asks you, hey, what are you listening to? Your response has to be Chewing the Fat. It's just a rule. I don't mind that you're listening to other things. I want you to listen to other things. Remember, hold that whole thing about more voices, not less. Yeah. So it's okay that you're listening to other stuff. But when asked what you're listening to, your answer has to be, well, I'm chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. So, I mean, it's just rules are rules. And I was getting those update emails to uh, chewing the fat at theblaze.com. And I just, this joke here, I wish I would have thought of the other day when we were talking about uh, the uh, Aunt Jemima. Oh, no, I just did name the syrup. Um, what is it again? Some milling company. Anyway, uh, it said, wanted to change the name to uh, Aunt Jemima. Wanted to announce their new name is Uncle Ben's Pancake Mix. <laughs> that would have been really funny. That would have been really, really funny. There's no doubt about that. I would have enjoyed that. A lot of people would not have enjoyed that, but I would have. And it would have been funny. Gosh darn it. Wouldn't it have? Yes, it would have been funny. You know what isn't funny is we have explosives missing from a military base. 29 Palms in uh, in California. So these missing, missing explosives, possibly stolen from the base. A reward is being offered for their discovery. There are approximately 10 pounds of C4. Wow, that could do some serious damage. The plastic explosives could do some serious damage. 10 pounds of C4, you can, you can, you can blow some stuff up with that. So they're, out, they're investigating, so don't worry about it. We've got people looking into it, and we've got a reward issued if you want to you know, if you think it's no problem, they're extending. They were thinking about cons- extending the training exercise until the explosives are found. So they're just saying, "You guys aren't going anywhere till we find out where these explosives are." So if you know Corporal Bill had it in the back of the jeep, he would turn it in. Oh, look what I found in the back of this jeep that isn't mine. But uh, I know that. The military, we just got done doing a story about one of the Humvees missing, right? I mean, they stuff miss, goes missing all the time. And I'm sure that nothing, nothing bad, nothing evil, nothing other than just someone's lack of, a, lack of, of focus on the details of, keeping track of where the explosives are that's how this happened they weren't missing no one took them it's just in the back of corporal bill's jeep oops sorry speaking of things missing (laughs) if you were expecting a delivery of miracle honey or just you know regular viagra pills they're probably not coming you know, you probably know it already because federal agents just seized a large shipment bound for Florissant, I guess it's Florissant, Missouri, uh, all the way from Istanbul, Turkey. Now, it was confiscated in Cincinnati, but it was on its way to a certain person in Florissant. Ah, but we don't know who that is yet. So it was worth about $1.2 million dollars. 
at Viagra pills and dozens of boxes of this miracle honey, which, according to authorities, is a honey laced with the active ingredient in Viagra. Huh. Isn't that special? They seized about 17,400 Viagra pills and 43 boxes of honey. So that was... uh, it was quite a large shipment, worth over a million bucks. Now, the, box, the boxes were marked Herbal Pasta from Istanbul. <laughs> so if you were expecting a shipment of Herbal Pasta from Istanbul, it's not coming. So apparently that's a good place to drop things off. Uh, there's going to be a new city now because uh, Florissant, uh, also, uh, last year they busted, remember the big vape pens, uh, a bunch of illegal, uh, vape pens that they busted was destined for Florissant too. So it's already been red flagged, man. If you have been sending stuff to Florissant, find a new city because you've been had my friends, you've been had another big bust was 15 million counterfeit face masks. Since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. So apparently U.S. Customs and Border Protection have had their eye out for counterfeit face masks. All right. Uh, They confiscated uh, unsafe personal protective equipment. Now, it's part of an effort to prevent criminals from exploiting the public crisis for economic gain. Isn't that what? Oh, my gosh. That's what any... so now that now it's even worse. Now, not only are you bringing in fake masks and selling them for a profit, but it's during a public crisis and you're trying to make money. So it's even worse that you're trying to sell counterfeit goods and make money on a regular day, but not during a public crisis. How dare you? How dare you think about being a criminal during a public crisis? Oh, my gosh. Just amazing. So I guess they also seized 180,000 prohibited COVID-19 test kits, more than 38,000 prohibited chloroquine tablets. Oh, my gosh. So they aren't letting you have the chloroquine tablets used to treat malaria. Wow. And, you know, heaven forbid that you take that during the pandemic, but not during a public crisis. No, that will not happen. So uh, the counterfeit goods are sold here in the U.S. Yeah, it doesn't say say where they're getting them at, though. They're not letting us know exactly where they're getting these counterfeit face masks. And prohibited COVID-19 test kits and prohibited chloroquine tablets during a public crisis. Though we can't have that. We cannot have that. All right, let's go to the break room. Seriously, it's Fat Pile Friday, and uh, I don't want to exploit the public crisis for economic gain. Oh, yeah. Home to so so good so i love that france is being uh touted as doing this wonderful thing there the age of sexual consent is going to 15 and they're going to prosecute claims of sexual abuse against children by parental and authority figures well Welcome to the party, France. Yay. The thing is that they're just considering it. They haven't done it yet. And it do- I don't know that they're going to, although enough people may be upset this time to actually make it happen. But France right now does not have an established age of consent. So makes it a little bit difficult to uh you know i don't know bring a case to someone years later yeah 
makes it tough. I know. I know. And, uh, you know, it's horrible what happens to these young children. That's why, you know, that's why we're considering setting in, you know, the sexual consent to age 15. We are considering it. We've, we've got to consider it. We've got to. Now, we're not going to do it yet, but we're considering it. I mean, it's actually pathetic. Pathetic. Hey, uh, the age of consent to listening to Chewing the Fat is, uh, I don't know, what, two and above? <laughs> Some would say two and under. I know. I know. But uh, you heard the rules. If you're a subscriber earlier in the show, you heard the rules that uh, once you subscribe, no matter what you're listening to, when asked what you're listening to, the answer has to be chewing the fat. It's one of the rules. It's not that big a deal, but it is one of the rules. So become a subscriber to chewing the fat on any platform that warms the little cockles of your heart. Say like, I don't know, iTunes iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and then subscribe to this podcast. There's a plethora of platforms out there that you can decide to follow this show on, subscribe to. Just pick one, and then you become a subscriber. (laughs) It is just that simple. It's not difficult at all. And then if your platform allows you to rate and review the show you can rate and review it just take a moment of your time rate it 20 stars best podcast ever and you're all done no problem good to go okay all right yeah there you go and you know as long as you're there you might as well subscribe to the youtube channel chewing the fat with jeff fisher you may as well go there and subscribe to that you can subscribe on the social media platforms twitter Still there <laughs> uh, at Jeffy JFR. Um, you have uh, Facebook and Instagram still there. Uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, those accounts are still there. We'll see for how long. And, uh, you know, you can follow me there. Just follow uh, just for the fun of it. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Good. So this story was brought to my attention under the heading of heartwarming. And, yeah, okay. Uh, if you say so, it's heartwarming. All right. <laughs> I'll read you the headline. Teen reunited with pet rooster lost at Alabama Cracker Barrel after Civil War reenactment. Now, I mean, who isn't a fan of the Civil War reenactments, right? Or that's what I thought. Now, when you think of a teenager, don't you think, you know, somebody that's 13, 14? And I know that I get it. The legal term as a teenager. So anybody from 13 to 19 are teenagers. I understand that. But when I think of a teen reuniting with his pet rooster, I'm thinking, let's say 15 and under because the age of consent is 15. Right. And not in France, but other places around the world. So this Thomas Ramsey is an 18 year old person human male 18 and he's from lives in mississippi all right and he is the founder of the muddy rabbits mess a 32 member military reenactment group the largest youth group nationally and that's great Uh, that's fantastic that is a cool thing and now they're returning from a civil war reenactment in spring hill tennessee and they stopped for lunch at uh, the cracker barrel and you know who hasn't who among us hasn't stopped at a cracker barrel on uh, the way back home from a trip and uh, with him was his friend um buff orfington rooster i know i know i'm sorry the buff orpington rooster peep so Peep is a handsome fellow in keeping with the standards of his heritage breed, heavy with a broad body and low stance and having a bold, upright, and graceful carriage. He's been the, he's been the cock of the walk ever since Ramsey found him on the roadside last summer when he was still a young chick. Now, 
Ramsey's been participating. They go in this whole story about the kid. All right, the kid is 18 years old. They go into this whole story about uh, you know he's been reenacting and he's uh, he's taken this rooster with him everywhere and the, the rooster's been out there and usually is carried around in a bag and then we let him out and we were you know cannons were going off and I let him out of the bag and I looked away and the next thing I know I don't know where my rooster is the rooster is gone so uh, you know all right fine and then we find him. And then we bring him along with us, and at the Cracker Barrel, we let him out, and the next thing we know, he's gone. All right, we're at the Cracker Barrel parking lot. We don't know what happened to Peep. Oh, no. Oh, no. So they start, I mean, they search for him, and they look all over, and they start asking people, and he's gone, man. Uh, He's just gone. Uh, No joke. Uh, (laughs) No joke. So he was panicking. And who would their pet rooster, Peep, had just disappeared. So they called the animal control officer in the area, and they, you know, started searching for the rooster. And the animal control officer was dedicated to finding Peep. I mean, that's good. He's living in Coleman, Tennessee. What else does he has to do? But, you know, he's doing his job. Good for them. So uh, they couldn't find him. I know. I know he's bummed. So he put up little missing chicken posts and photos on Facebook pages and went around and asking people for this. And pretty soon he got a post that his rooster had been found. Oh, no. He had returned to the Cracker Barrel parking lot, looking for his friend, no doubt, wondering, hey, why would you leave me here? So the man who found him at the Cracker Barrel parking lot reached out to the teenager and said, hey, I found your rooster. And because it was one of the great things to do, and it was just a, just, you know, pay back and pay it forward a little bit. He said, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you halfway. And he brought the rooster home to its owner. And they are now back together again. Isn't that heartwarming? Isn't it? That's what I thought. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I thought you'd say. <laughs> it is heartwarming warming speaking of heartwarming america's number two dating app we've talked about it on the show before just went public i know i know it's been public for a couple days now gaining 63 percent on the very first day at a close and it's like eight billion dollar valuation now and we're talking about bubble Yes, it's a dating app famous for letting women swipe first and initiate conversation. Founder, CEO Whitney Wolf Hurd, created it because she wanted to combat rampant sexual harassment on dating platforms. Why? Because she had worked for Tinder. She co-founded Tinder and then sued the company for sexual harassment and discrimination. And that's when she, you know, created bumble and uh magic lab soaked it up and then it was bought by blackstone got some money from magic lab and the next thing you know it's worth a bunch of money and she's gonna make it public so the uh, the app offers a free tier to its 12 million monthly active users (laughs) but also it has uh gets most of its money from premium subscriptions and in-app purchases Wow. In the first nine months of 2020, it posted a net loss of $84 million. And they had $377 million in sales. Wow. Wow. So it's, I mean, it's doing wonderful now. I guess people are back out and about swiping right on Bumble. So the, uh, Bumble has grown because it has a B, it has BFF, a matchmaking app for friends, Biz, B-I-Z-Z, a professional 
networking platform, and it has Bumble Fund, which offers early-stage investments for women entrepreneurs of color. Wow. Now, Bumble is not quite up to snuff with Match, you know, the Match Group, which we've talked about before here. Match Group owns Tinder, Hinge, and OkCupid. $46 billion. Wow. That is amazing. So the match group, Tinder, Hinge, and OkCupid, $46 billion. Good for them. Wow. Bumble's on their heels, though. Bumble is on their heels with $8 billion. He does have a little bit of, it's quite the, they might be on the same hill, but Somebody's a lot higher on the hill than someone else. Uh, at 31, though, the CEO, Wolf, Wolf Hurd, uh, youngest woman to take a company public, and her $900 million stake pushes her fortune above a billion dollars. Wow. 500 of the wealthiest people in the world, self-made women, account for just 5%. Ooh. And because so few female founders or CEOs make it to the IPO stage, the tremendous wealth generated through startup exists disproportionately to male investors. Those I hate male investors so much. I can't take them. I want them all destroyed. There. Are we good now? I don't have to apologize or anything? Because I'm not going to apologize. I just want to know. I want to make sure that it's okay if we're good with that. Because, you know, I I don't want to apologize. Never bend the knee to the rage mob. And Morgan Wallen, oh, the country guy that said the N-word. Oh, my gosh. It's agonizing. And we're sticking up for him. And he says... Don't defend me. Okay. You got it. You got it, Morgan. You make your apology to her and you do whatever you got to do. You bend the knee to whoever you need to bend the knee to and you stay sober for as long as you can stay sober. That's fine. But we won't defend you anymore. Okay. When you're struggling and can't make a living. Okay. Good luck, God bless. I hope that it never ha- I hope that your apology tour works because I know that you fully accept any penalties that you're facing. I know that. But, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to stick up for you because I know you realize what a horrific thing it was for you to just joke around, you know, in context as a as a inebriated male joking with his friends and using that horrific n-word i guess that context doesn't matter so we won't stick up for you anymore all right good luck god bless It seems like maybe chewing the fat was correct. Thank you. Correct again. The WHO, World Health Organization, the chief, says now, Wuhan lab theory needs further study after all. Does it? Are your people out of China now? It's safe to say that the lab leak was the cause of the coronavirus? That's how it got into the public. Is it safe to say that now that they're out of China? Right. I know that the leader of the investigation uh, in China just said, uh, well, there's no need for further study of the Wuhan lab leak hypothesis. Don't worry. That nothing happened there. And I said, maybe they were just trying to get out of the country safely. Because uh, they were lucky, they didn't. You know, China didn't want them there to begin with, and has been putting it off uh, and thwarting this investigation, which 
you know, is a questionable term for the World Health Organization in China, but I'll give it to them for this investigation. And so I wasn't surprised. We were all surprised, like, what? I mean, really? We're not even, it's not even a thought? Well, here we go. Uh, Thank you so much. Look, um, we considered four main hypotheses. Direct transmission from an animal species to humans. Transmission through an intermediate species. Transmission through cold chain products of frozen foods. And a laboratory-related incident. Oh, now the jump from an animal to another animal to humans was the most likely and claimed that an accidental release from a Wuhan lab was extremely unlikely. Oh, including, you know, indicating the possibility wouldn't be further scrutinized. Yeah, because they wanted to get out of the country alive. And so now that everybody's out, now we're going to say, you know, you know what, that, I'll tell you what, that laboratory-related incident's looking pretty good right about now. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah, do you think maybe it wasn't a cold chain product or frozen food that released the coronavirus? Maybe. Do you think it wasn't a transmission from intermediate species? Maybe. Yeah, probably. Probably came from the lab, you know, is one thing or another. But we did, we had to say that so that we could get out alive. So, once again, chewing the fat proved correct. So here it comes. Here it comes. We And again, we've talked about it before on this show. And it's coming faster than we can, well, faster than we really want it, to be honest with you. Um, the White House is considering, oh, it's being reported, that they're considering a restrictions on domestic travel, given the emerging variants of COVID-19. This may include travel restrictions in several states, you know, like Florida, you know, like California. The president is worried about new outbreaks and, you know, the UK variant could provide setbacks in the fight against the coronavirus. And so travel restrictions from states, we, we should be able to. Well, the states are already some states are already doing that. Right, I mean, New York has been doing it forever. A good job, Governor Cuomo, by the way, for lying to the American people. Those of us that actually listened and saw what was going on in your state knew you were lying. It's nice that the mainstream media now realizes it, but uh, congratulations anyway. Congratulations. And I know you, the author of that powerful book that you wrote, American Crisis, leadership lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sure we must have missed the story about, you know, the people you forgot to tell us about that you sent to the nursing homes and died. (laughs) Yeah, you know, what does it matter at this point, right? It's only, I don't know, thousands of people. That's it, though. Doesn't matter. Just quit your belly aching, okay? They already died. At this point, what difference does it make? Am I right, Andrew? Am I right? Of course I am. So they're going to limit travel from states, but some of the states are already doing that. That's what, what got me started. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo was New York. I mean, they were allowing travel, I think, from Connecticut and New Jersey and Pennsylvania could come in and out of New York with no problem. But if you were coming into those states... Uh, in particular, you were supposed to, even if you were driving, you were supposed to tell, you're supposed to be uh, vaccinated. You're supposed to have proof of testing negative. So those states were already doing that. Um, we don't need the federal government restricting travel. They're already telling us, we talked yesterday about, uh, you know, you can't, you have to wear a mask wherever you, on any public transportation. They didn't say double mask, but of course those CDC recommendations. We saw the president. Uh, at the National Institute of Health tell us that uh, masking was the most important thing uh, ever and that it would at least go on for another year. But he was only single masked. He did not have a double mask on. And that was after the new CDC guidelines 
So we'll see after this weekend if he is following the new double masking procedure guidelines from the CDC. We'll see. I mean, it's possible that, you know, that happens. Now, other CDC guidelines have just come out that talked about fully vaccinated people do not need to quarantine if exposed to COVID-19. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. Now, they say here that they do not need to quarantine. I wonder if they still have to wear a mask. The CDC defines fully vaccinated as two weeks passing after a person received the second dose of the two-dose vaccine and one dose of the single-dose vaccine. So you got to be done with it for two weeks. Um, Quarantine is not necessary for fully vaccinated people within three months of having it. Doesn't send us a go on about the masks, though. Uh, Fully vaccinated criteria, exposure. Now, you still have to wear a mask. I mean, it doesn't say that here, but I'm sure that they're going to tell you, yeah, you still got to wear a mask. Quit your belly aching. Put your mask on. It's better for everybody. I love it that Dave Ramsey, because people were belly aching and complaining about what he said on uh, being uh, during one of his interviews, this wasn't even on his specific show. He was on Fox News in the morning. And he said that, uh, I don't believe in the stimulus check because if you get $600 or $1,400 and it changes your life, you didn't have a life. You're already screwed. Ooh, they, people did not like that. They went out of their minds blasting Dave Ramsey. And he was, he was trending on Twitter and he said that, uh, look, uh, I've been broke. I never even thought then that $600 would change my life. And according to Dave, that's back when $600 was a lot of money. But uh, he, the only thing he apologized for, and he didn't really apologize, which is I love him for, uh, I didn't intend to pour shame. i just pointing out that people need to improve their financial standing so they wouldn't depend on a check from the government to improve their lives. Amen. Amen. Speaking of amen, uh, rest in peace, Chick Corea. I know. You probably think, Chick Corea? Who is Chick Corea? Well, he's a jazz musician, was 79 years old, 23 Grammy Awards for Chick Corea. I, I love Chick. I, I've, I listened to a lot of his music. He worked alongside Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock. And you got to like jazz. I was playing him last night, and my kids are like, well, I am playing. I don't want Chick Corea. My wife is like, oh, of course you're listening to him. I knew you were going to play some of him. I know. Because, I mean, his piano improvisations, the one and two albums, and they were, they're old now. I don't know when they came out. But I listened to them a lot. At one point in my life, I just love. He was just a piano all by himself. I loved it. It was great. I I, I love just the piano, uh, just by itself. Even not playing, it was just sitting there. I feel better. I was raised with a piano in my. Uh, we, we always had a piano in our house, always. And I just I just even if it's not being played, I love just having it there. It makes you feel better, doesn't it? Yes, yes is the answer to that. And thank you is the answer from me to Bob, who emailed me at chewingthefat at theblaze.com. He uh, was listening to one of the shows earlier this week where I talked about the Villages documentary, Some Kind of Heaven, which I have not seen yet, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. But he uh, is a little unhappy. He's a little unhappy with the old documentary. Uh, Is another disingenuous attempt to denigrate the Morrises. Okay. Nice. He's saying that his experience, and Bob apparently lives in uh, the villages, the vast majority of people here are decent, kind, and well-behaved folks. Beautiful, active community with a robust infrastructure of amenities that everyone can use to enjoy their retirement years. We love it here. And he sent me a, he sent me a bulletin that uh, talks about uh, you know what's happening at the villages. Oh, they 
apparently send this. It looks like it's a weekly or maybe even a daily bulletin out. And we talked about the Morrises, the family that uh, the the uh, elusive billionaire family that uh, runs the villages. I and uh, I mean they you know own the radio stations and newspapers and the golf cart golf cart companies you're like a golf cart companies yeah they own i think it was like four or five golf cart companies nobody else is getting in okay you're buying golf carts from them and them only (laughs) they're making a fortune bless their hearts i love them i love them and they're just it's just expanding because it was such a great idea so at some point the expansion has got to stop though right i mean there's only so much of florida they can have unless you're evil morrises then they could take the entire state, which obviously they can't. So uh, anyway, thanks, Bob, for uh, emailing me. And I definitely will uh, dig through the uh, through the, bill, the, the weekly bulletin and uh, see what's happening and see what uh, what's going on at the old villages. Maybe we can well, – I may talk about the – we'll see what what's going on. It's probably just a basic thing. Every neighborhood has their bulletin, but not like the villages. Okay, so just – Give me a little, give me the weekend to go over the, you know, to go over the the bulletin and then we'll be good to go. All right. All right. Good. That's what I'm talking about. So I told you the one email that I get, uh, morning update story email that I get comes with three headlines and a lie, right? So it gives you four headlines actually, duh. And, uh, four headlines and a lie. The four headlines that we'll talk about is that they list here. One of them is a lie. No, Chucky the Killer Doll isn't on the loose, Texas officials say after Amber Alert. Well, we did that story here on Chewing the Fat. So you know that it's a true story, right? It was a mistake. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, we sent that out by mistake. It was supposed to be just an internal thing. We were testing some new servers. Ah, darn it. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> so we know that was a true one uh the second one is seabird poop is worth more than a billion dollars annually the third one is wilbur ross sees future in a spac and trump condos on the moon the fourth one is inventor of i can't believe it's not butter launches new product i can't believe is not vodka so which one of those headlines is a lie? I'll give you a little. I'll give you a second. All right. That's long enough. It is. Uh, I can't believe it's not butter. The inventor of I can't believe it's not butter is not launching a new product called I can't believe it's not vodka. I know. I am with you. I wish it was there. It does make you ask the question, though. Does seabird poop actually garner a billion dollars annually and are we really talking about you know trump condos on the moon well according to this scientists put a price tag on uh seabird poop uh which range from agricultural fertilizer to coral reef enricher that's why you want seabird poop is because you want it to be you want to put it together for coral reef enricher so go out there and get that seabird poop and garners a billion dollars annually and wilbur ross has seen the future and he believes that trump condos on the moon are coming so yeah yeah what do you got to say about that that's what i thought nothing nothing so it's going to be cold. Uh, most of the country is facing a big cold snap, a uh, really cold snap. And I know here in DFW, it's supposed to be cold. And, you know, hey, that's where I live. Right? I mean, the show, uh, the show originates here in DFW, so it's going to get really cold. But all of us are being, uh, you know, impacted in one way or another with this polar vortex, uh, you know, a cold front that's, uh, you know, coming down, you know, the Canadian air, polar vortex, uh, Arctic blast is uh, coming down. But uh, Frankie McDonald, we've played him here on the show before, is really the weatherman of, well, he should be the weatherman of the world. 
and you could you know subscribe to his youtube channel frankie mcdonald he's got you know a couple hundred thousand subscribers and why does he have two hundred thousand subscribers because he is the weatherman of the future and the weatherman of today so i'm just going to leave you here on fat pile friday with a weather report for those of you listening live on the 12th of february know that it's you know valentine's day weekend make sure you make sure you go out and get the get the special valentine or whatever special little valentine is needed if you haven't already got your brookers ice cream.com if you haven't already got that or you Raycon headphones or your moinkbox.com uh, for Valentine's Day, then you're going to need to get something else and you need to make that happen. But first, I want to play Frankie McDonald and give you the weather report for this upcoming few days and just be safe out there, okay? This is Frankie McDonald, my own TV station live from Sydney, Nova Scotia. Very cold air with snow is headed towards Dallas, Texas on. Sunday, February 14, 2021. Temperatures going to turn really cold with snowy conditions. I recommend to people to dress real warm, wear warm clothes for people living in Dallas, Texas, and the surrounding areas, including Fort Worth. Since the cold air has come from Canada, that's going to bring really cold temperatures. It's going to bring snow in Dallas and surrounding areas. It's going to bring extremely cold temperatures during nighttime on February 14th. I want everyone in Dallas to dress real warm, wear warm clothing. If you have anybody living in Dallas, Texas, drink lots of green tea, white tea, red tea, drink lots of green tea to keep you warm. Have your extra blankets ready to keep you warm, warm. So have your furnaces, fireplaces ready to keep the house warm because it's going to bring really cold temperatures in Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, surrounding areas. Have your salt ready. Put the salt on the road. Get your salt trucks ready as well. Be very careful walking, walking and driving your car. Because it can be really icy in Dallas, Texas, and the snow is going to trigger really slippery driving conditions in Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, and surrounding areas. If you have anybody live in Dallas, Texas, very prepared for very cold temperatures with snow on Sunday, February 14, 2021. Take care, stay safe. Don't get too cold. Stay warm. Be safe. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Be safe.